Hey everyone, I'm David Chalian, the CNN Political Director. This is the CNN Political Briefing. Here's what you need to know in politics for Monday, May 1st. The clock is ticking for Congress to raise the debt ceiling or risk the economic catastrophe experts are warning about. President Biden continuing to stand his ground on a clean debt ceiling increase. That's all he's currently entertaining. And he was speaking at a small business event today in the Rose Garden at the White House, where he stressed the economic importance of raising the debt limit. The most important thing we have to do in that regard is to make sure the threat by the Speaker of the House to default on the national debt is off the table. America is not a deadbeat nation. We have never, ever failed to meet the debt. Now, as a result, one of the most respected nations of the world. We pay our bills, and we should do so without reckless hostage-taking from some of the mega-Republicans in Congress. Now, we're entering the phase of this story about needing to avoid default and raise the debt limit where public pronouncements are probably not truly reflective of what's happening behind the scenes. But publicly, Joe Biden and Kevin McCarthy remain at a total standstill over the issue. And the rhetoric just keeps amping up. McCarthy says he's committed to not raising the debt ceiling unless spending cuts are attached to that. And Joe Biden continues to insist on a clean debt limit increase, not attaching any other items, spending cuts included, to that. Speaker McCarthy was asked about where things stand in the negotiations during his visit to Israel today. The president still hasn't talked to me. I'm a little like Netanyahu. The only way you solve problems is you negotiate. And I'm looking forward to the president changing his mind and negotiating with us. You'll notice the little dig there at Biden, not just on not negotiating over the debt ceiling, but also on so far not inviting Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu of Israel to D.C. The White House said they have nothing to announce in terms of a schedule yet, but that they do expect Netanyahu to visit Biden in Washington at some point. Now, remember, Speaker McCarthy, before he went off on his first foreign trip as speaker, got his conference in line to pass a spending cuts bill that also increased the debt limit with the clear understanding that it has zero chance of passing the Senate and zero chance of getting Joe Biden's signature and becoming law. So why did he work so hard to make sure that he only lost the four Republican votes he could afford to lose and get the bill passed? Because it was a messaging bill to lay down a marker of where House Republicans are, largely unified, to get Joe Biden to the negotiating table. It's called the Limit Save Grow Act, and it would raise the nation's $31.4 trillion debt limit by an additional $1.5 trillion. The nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office said that the bill would trim government deficits by $4.8 trillion over 10 years. It spares the Pentagon's budget but proposes sizable cuts to domestic programs and tough new work requirements for safety net programs. The bill would specifically block Biden's student loan forgiveness plan and repeal green energy tax credits. It would also expedite new oil drilling projects while rescinding funding meant to respond to the pandemic, among other things. 
Veterans healthcare has become a major flashpoint in this debate in recent days. Veterans Affairs Secretary Dennis McDonough and Democratic lawmakers claim the bill cuts funding for veterans' medical care by 22 percent, while Republicans say there are no cuts for veterans' benefits in the bill. Today, my colleague Hadass Gold asked McCarthy in Israel if he has any regrets about how the bill was written considering that criticism. Can you tell me where in the bill it cuts the VA? It doesn't. See, this is the damage that when people do not tell the truth about the bill, it actually goes to the funding where we were four months ago. If you look at back to the Obama-Biden budget that they passed for the next 10 years, this actually spends more than what they proposed at this time. And the work of Congress gets to decide where spending is, just like every family household. I'm very sad that the Democrats would think about cutting the veterans because we would not. Now, it's important to understand here that both the Democrats and the Republicans are sort of being a little too cute by half on these talking points. Yes, all the non-discretionary domestic spending cuts in this bill have this 22 percent reduction of proposed spending for the next year. But this is just a large package, budgetary package. It is not the actual appropriation of federal dollars. So there are no specifics about what money would go where. Democrats see that as an opportunity to claim cuts to all sorts of popular programs. Republicans see the lack of specificity as an opportunity to say that is not specified in the bill. And so you get into this semantic political warfare, which is about where we are right now. As I mentioned, this bill is going nowhere in the Senate. It's dead on arrival, according to Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. And last week, he gave the bill a new name while he was talking about it on the Senate floor. Quote, the Default on America Act. Either Republicans will force a default on the debt or they will force steep cuts, highly unpopular with the American people. Let's be perfectly clear. The Republican Default on America Act does nothing to actually resolve the looming debt crisis, and it has no hope of ever becoming law. Schumer reiterated his party's opposition to the Republican plan today in a letter to colleagues, and he said that there will be committee hearings this week on the bill to try and expose to the American public the cuts that Republicans are proposing. Dick Durbin, the number two Senate Democrat, told CNN today he thinks McCarthy is playing a dangerous game. But he believes talks have to happen. We know in our heart of hearts what has to be done, what the responsible thing is. What Speaker McCarthy did was wait until literally the last moment and without any committee hearings, move this bill forward, got just barely enough votes to pass it in the House, and now is saying, let's wait and see how close we can get to the debt. I hope that doesn't happen. We cannot, we must avoid default. Now, just because Kevin McCarthy was able to pass this initial step to try and get Joe Biden off his refusal to negotiate and get him engaged in some talks, do not think that Speaker McCarthy's work is done. He has such a narrow majority. We saw those 15 ballots for him to become Speaker. And what the House Republicans passed is not going to to be law. So there is going to have to be compromise and negotiation here. And then the big question becomes, once there is some sort of negotiated compromise, can Kevin McCarthy sell that version back to his conference with only four votes to spare? Meanwhile, it is the full faith and credit of the United States that hangs in the balance. 
And if we do breach that debt limit and go into default for the very first time in American history, the economic consequences are simply catastrophic. So my colleague Dana Bash, the anchor of CNN's State of the Union, on Sunday asked Republican Majority House Whip Tom Emmer if he could guarantee that the U.S. will not default. Here was his answer. I can, assuming that our president and uh, the Schumer Senate uh, recognize the gravity of the problem. This is no longer about politics. Uh, We have passed a debt ceiling solution. We will not, House Republicans will not allow America to uh, default on its debt. We showed that last week. Notice that very last bit he said, we showed that last week. Remember, Republicans in the House are going to have to show it again when a compromised negotiated version comes back to the House. The debt ceiling has been raised by both Democratic and Republican presidents some 78 times since 1960. And if it's not raised, the government can't finance its operations and programs such as national defense, social security, Medicare, and veterans' benefits. That's it for today's political briefing. Thanks so much for listening. And if you like the show, please consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com briefing, netsuite.com briefing.